Hello, and welcome to the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's podcast, Wonks at Work. I'm Craig Wilson, your host, a self-declared wonk, dad of two boys, native Arkansan, and I've been the health policy director at the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement for more than a decade. On this show, we aim to demystify, boil down, and unwonk, if you will, complex topics so that you can understand how the healthcare system is working or not working for you. For our 27th episode, it just so happens that we're going to be talking in part about April 27, which is the date on which the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement's Health Policy Board proposed a day for reflection and healing to acknowledge the immense impact of COVID-19 on our communities over the past two years. And for once, I don't have to come up with my own words, because the board's words, which admittedly I had a hand in writing, are apropos. So, here they are. As we enter the third year of the COVID-19 pandemic and our daily activities are returning to normal, it is important to pause and reflect on the impact and loss we have all experienced. Over the course of the pandemic, people from all walks of life have had to say goodbye to their loved ones. We've lost more than 11,000 Arkansans, each of whom represents the loss of a parent, a grandparent, a friend, a colleague, a teacher, and we continue to lose more each and every day. Estimates are that nearly 2,000 Arkansas children have lost at least one parent or caretaker to COVID-19. It's heartbreaking. Due to the multiple waves of infection brought on by the arrival of new variants and the ongoing spread of the virus in our communities, we unfortunately have had little opportunity to stop and recognize our collective loss. And many were unable to be with their loved ones in hospitals or nursing homes when they passed away. And the pandemic often prevented families and communities from coming together to mourn those that they lost. And we all want to move on from the pandemic, but in our rush to return to normalcy, we may have robbed ourselves of the time that we need to process the many layers of trauma that we've experienced over the past two years. Now, in addition to these losses, we have all been affected by the pandemic in many different ways, whether it's lingering symptoms from the infection, disrupted educational or professional goals, or displaced social networks, the pandemic affected nearly every aspect of our lives. And those who were minimally scathed or never infected by COVID-19 have nevertheless experienced disrupted rhythms of life that have contributed to increasing levels of anxiety, depression, and other psychological distress. Finally, many of our healthcare workers are experiencing post-traumatic effects from their heroic efforts on the front lines of the pandemic, where they saved countless members of our communities, but also were the last present with many of the 11,000 Arkansans we lost. This is why the board called on community and faith leaders to organize and lead a day of reflection and healing on April 27 in their communities to provide an opportunity for community members to come together to acknowledge the lasting pain from the pandemic and show those who are grieving that they are not alone. And lastly, to thank those who have made a difference in our lives during the pandemic and to offer hope and courage to those who are struggling to cope. So, 
Here with us today to talk about this is my good friend, Reverend Jay Clark, who is executive pastor at Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church here in Little Rock. He is a native of Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, where the Beatles made a famous but brief stopover, spawning both a town festival and a documentary. But I know him most for his theatrical stage antics. Most recently in the show Pippin at Argenta Community Theater and alongside me, your host, in the show Company almost 10 years ago at the Weekend Theater. Now, on the spectrum of comedy and compassion, I can tell you he is at the far end of each. So welcome to the show, Jay, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Craig. (laughs) Thank you for asking me to be here. And before we get into the more serious stuff, I want to know what keeps you busy when you're not working first, and then I'll ask you about your shows. Okay. Uh, What keeps me busy when I'm not working? Uh, You know, it's one of those things where... uh, in my job, it, it, it it's very rare when you're, when you're not working. Right, right. But um, you know, I enjoy uh, when I can to do uh, live theater, uh-huh. and I also enjoy uh, traveling, and I also enjoy uh, doing trivia, uh, live trivia. Oh, uh, I'm okay. not the the best at it, but I mean, I I have some worthless knowledge that I can throw <laughs> out to a to a group of people. And uh, I bet you would be a great host. You're like a, the Alex Trebek of of. Of trivia, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that your wife, Karen, also performs yes, with you. And you have does. the opportunity to do that. We share that in common That's as right. Well. Yeah. That's right. We do. So, so what's your favorite show to watch first? Favorite show to watch? Like uh, a that theatrical yeah. show. Um, I, love, I, I love the producers. Uh-huh. And I love A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Um, those are, are two of the shows that, you know, I could watch over and over yeah. because they're so s- side-splittingly funny. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, the producers, Mel Brooks, yeah. uh, the, uh, the funny thing happened on the way to the forum is Br- uh, Bert Shilov, who had a hand in writing MASH and uh-huh. some other things, you know, in the seventies. But, uh, uh, th- those are two of my favorites just because they're so nutty and, and just so out there. Have you ever had the opportunity to do either one? I did forum about 20 years ago and i was way too young for the role of pseudolus uh, who is uh, the main character in the show i'd like to do that show again yeah. I'm, I'm a little more of age for it now <laughs> so you've been in a lot of shows around here and and around the nation i i know so what's your favorite show that you've ever done performed in um i would say it was it was it's forum, forum. Yeah. now you know uh, Allison and I, your wife, right. Allison yeah. and I had a fantastic time. <laughs> a raucous in, in, time. Yes, yeah, in Pippin. Uh, that may have been the most fun that I've had in years. Uh, just because usually the shows that I, I'm in uh, are mostly, they're always a, a children's factor uh-huh. to it. But this one was mostly all adults. Uh-huh. And it's, I'd, I had forgotten what it was like to be in a show with all adults. <laughs> and uh, so that was that was fun. And uh, and we, we just had the best time. Oh, good, good. So um, la- last one of these, and then we'll, we'll move on okay. to other stuff. Uh, show that you want to do but haven't done yet. Uh, the producers. Back to the producers. Yeah, back to the producers. Uh, yeah. I, I would really like to do that show. I mean, there there are probably a few others, but that one really is the, the top. Be great in that for, Nathan Lane character. For me. I, you know, I follow Nathan Lane, and I'm like, <laughs> he plays all these characters that I really want to play sometime. And uh, uh, The Man Who Came to Dinner is a, is oh, a yeah. play uh, from the 30s or 40s. It was also a movie. 
but uh, that there's a role in there that is that I would really like to yeah. tackle sometime too. It'll happen soon. <laughs> right, whoever's listening. Right. <laughs> so I ask all of our guests this question, and so I want to know what your theme song is. You know, I, I and I knew you were going to ask this question, and I. I've always I've always said that if I ever had a theme song, I had one. Oh, I mean, yeah. I knew exactly what it was going to be, <laughs> but it's so obscure. Really? And yes, because I I grew up. One my favorite comedian. As growing long as up. we can find it on Spotify, it's it's okay. Oh uh, yeah, okay, okay. It, and it's instrumental. <laughs> oh, okay. At that, so you can even sing along with Interesting. it. Interesting. I like the instrumental. Well, it's not. It has words, but I like the instrumental better. Yeah. Um, but I grew up. My favorite comedian was George Burns. Yeah. And he always, his theme song was Ain't Misbehavin'. And I thought, wow, you know, I need a theme song. <laughs> and so I was like, what, what kind of big band sounding song would be great to walk out on the Johnny Carson show oh, to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I came up with Ballin' the Jack. Ballin' the Jack. That's a great tune. Yeah. And, and I thought that would be really fun. And I could just hear Johnny He's, you know, introducing me. Yeah, yeah. And then Doc bringing in da 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 I can just see adolescent Jay trying to oh, look yeah. for, a, for yeah. a big band tune. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that's yeah. good. Ball, Ball in the, the jack. jack, of course. All right, so um, more serious now. All right. So tell us about your role as the executive pastor at Pulaski Heights and and how you landed in that role because I know that you, you were doing youth ministry right. or continue I, to do. Youth I ministry? did youth ministry for over thirty years and. Uh, you know, I was kind of looking for a change. Um, this happened really about the time that that COVID was starting, uh-huh. and uh, I, I always laugh. We got a, a new senior pastor uh, in the summer of of, of twenty twenty, uh-huh. which you know we are tough time. Oh my yeah. gosh! You know, think about he initially started preaching wow. to zero in yeah. the congregation. Uh, and we we're fortunate because we're on television, yeah. so people could watch that right. way. But he wasn't able to get to know hardly mm-hmm. anyone during that time. And uh, so I always joke because people say, well, what does an executive pastor do? And I'm like, anything the senior pastor doesn't want to do. <laughs> uh, but th- that's not entirely true. What what it is is I lead the staff right. and oversee the management of the of the ministry areas. Okay. Okay. So, and um, it's 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 been a lot of fun. Uh, we have a great staff to work with. If we didn't have a great staff, I don't think this job would be near as fun. Yeah. But we do. Good. So. Good. So, um, in the healthcare space, we we of course focus on the the physical and mental health and wellness. But a part that that I think it's less focus is our spiritual health. Um, all a part of health, right? So how has the pandemic in, impacted our spiritual health from your standpoint? I think that's a great question. And what I kept going back to was uh, community or loss of community. Yeah. For for people who, who are in – and everyone has their – you know, it, even people who don't have a spiritual life uh, suffered something during the pandemic. Right. People who have some kind of faith life, uh, regardless of the faith, 
uh, if they're active in that, I think uh, I think that they all missed community. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could still have a prayer life. They could still have this, that, or, or the other. They could still find a sermon online or mm-hmm. on television to watch. Uh, so many churches um, and, and other, you know, mosques and uh, synagogues mm-hmm. uh, all found pl- ways to really— um, they were forced into finding ways to to yeah. be online and have a presence uh-huh. outside of their of their building which was great for for all of us uh, who work in some kind of faith-based community um but I, the thing i heard the most from from congregants was that we just miss seeing people yeah. we miss being with each other uh, we miss uh, even if you're sitting and you don't even know the other person across the aisle, uh, just being in in the space with each yeah. other. And I think for several, they missed having that place they could come to, to just release. Shared I mean, to activity just and, shared yeah. activity, but shared. also just to calm themselves and start yeah. their week. Uh, you know, for Christians to start their week. Yeah. Uh, before they go back to work on Monday. Sure. Of course, you know, a lot of people were also working at home, too. And so that was a whole new, you know, <laughs> ball of wax. So you mentioned that you guys pivoted, as, as many others did. So what were, the, what were the processes that the leadership at Pulaski Heights went through at the beginning of the pandemic and really throughout the pandemic to make decisions about in-person services and, and how to reach your congregants? Because I know that where where I go to church, we had a whole process. Right? We had a process, uh, probably more in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll never forget uh, that Wednesday, uh, the first weekend or first week of March, twenty twenty. After our staff meeting, our, our senior, then senior pastor, our then church administrator, and me, we sat down at the table and said, "What what are we going to do?" And we made the decision to cancel church that Sunday, and to do it all uh, on uh, to film it, right? You know, for broadcast and for streaming, and we did that. And um, you know, just like with anything else, some people thought it was a great idea and thought you know we were setting the standard, and others thought we were crazy. Yeah. You know, why are you doing this? You know, and of course, even we thought we were, you know, we'll just do this for a few weeks, and yeah. then we'll move on. Everybody thought it was for a few weeks. Right, yeah. and uh, and then uh, we realized it was going to be a long haul. Yeah. And even though we, I, I, you know, we say that, you know, we've gone through a pandemic, we're still in the pandemic. Yeah. And, uh, but it's... Hopefully late pandemic. I hope, I hope. <laughs> you know, it's been a roller coaster, yeah. but... We've had uh, to cancel. We've had to, you know, we've done everything from masks to no masks to, you know. Um, the the bottom line was we had a group uh, that was probably too big at first because mm-hmm. everyone had an opinion. Right. And so for several months, maybe almost a year, that group would meet to make the day-to-day decisions of, you know, is our um, child care center closed? Right. Is, will the staff work from home and, and all this other stuff? And then uh, slowly our church council uh, made the decision that they would uh, empower the, the leadership of the staff to really make those decisions. Yeah. And then if, I mean, if we needed help, of course, or if it was something big we needed to run by them, then they were there for that. But And who, who kind of made up that group of, of people? We had doctors. Okay. We had uh, lay people, we had clergy, and we okay. had um, like ministry areas, like people who were in charge of our children okay. and youth. And I, I'm sure there were a few others 
Uh, Some nuanced decision yes, yeah. making. It, it was important for us, especially at the beginning, to hear from our epidemiologists, uh, friends, mm-hmm. congregants, uh, you know, and where they were on, on certain things. Uh, you know, we were getting really jumpy to have people back. Mm-hmm. I mean, because we're like, you know, people are going to get used to sitting in their jammies and, <laughs> and having their cup of coffee and think, well, this kind of church is okay. <laughs> It's not bad. I can tell. Right, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, we would film. Uh, we would film the service on a Friday. Yeah. And I was like, "What? What is this weekend? Yeah. What are we gonna do? What? What am I? Yeah. This is great. And for you, I'm sure that oh, was my gosh. very. Oh uh, You know, I mean, except for vacation, I hadn't had weekends in twenty <laughs> something years, and I was like, "This, this is okay." <laughs> but uh, you know, I was glad when we were. I mean, because. During the week, when we first started going back to the church, when the staff started coming back in uh, and working, uh, you know, we would have congregants, even though we were closed, yeah. you know, that they just tap on the door and say, can I just sit in the sanctuary for a few minutes? Yeah. And, I mean, who's going to deny, you know, yeah. it was just one person. You know, and we brought in the spray stuff. We took all the hymnals yeah. and Bibles out. I mean, they couldn't, you know, it was like going in in a bodysuit, you know, one of those balloon yeah. kind of stay puff marshmallow man. You know, you just, everybody sits six feet away from each other. And, but yeah, I, I mean, that seems like a distant memory, but it also seems yeah. like it was yesterday. And you're in, and we're, we're, we're so close and we're relatively back to normal right. as much as we can. And I, I haven't talked to, uh, to Muslim and, and Jewish friends to find out how, uh, you know, their numbers were as far as Passover and Ramadan went. I know when we celebrated Easter, it was like, you know, it was the most full the sanctuary had been. Yeah. And I mean, there's a little the excitement, but then there's also that, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> we're, gonna do, we're really going to do yeah, this. Right, right. You know, and, you know, the words super spreader just keep <laughs> yeah. coming, you know, like somebody's going to fly overhead with yeah. an airplane. Super spreader <laughs> at all the churches. But, uh, you know, I think it was it was good. It was it was good. And I think it reminded people, even those Christmas and Easter only people, yeah. it reminded them of what that community was like. Right. Right. So as you've gone through this, hopefully we'll never have to experience it again. But irrespective of that. Right. Um, did you have any little golden nuggets that you you learned or anything that you would have done differently? I, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we would have done anything differently. Um, I know that for us, uh, you know, we you actually came to a complete stop twice at least during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, you know, you thought, oh, it's getting better, it's getting better. And then it's like, oh, those numbers are going back up. We're, no, we're not going to meet. Yeah. We're just any so, but I, I think the, the the golden nuggets were uh, you know how do we do ministry in a post pandemic world? Yeah, um, and we have invested more and more resources in our tech mm-hmm. than ever before. You know, and I mean it was you know years ago it was like oh yeah we should and do that, but now you guys were already ahead of the curve. I, I we think. were ahead of the curve because we you know had almost sixty years on television. Yeah, but. You know, we we were not doing really live streaming right. and per se, and yeah. you know, but now we could turn on a dime and and go and do it and uh-huh. produce something. We have some wonderful uh, staff people that uh, I mean, 
you know, they all speak the same language, techies. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I don't understand what's going on, but they make it happen. The stage managers and the people behind <laughs> the scenes right. for our theater. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, but I mean, that, that would be, you know, invest in your, in your technology is, is a, is a big nugget. Yeah. But also listen to your people. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, uh, you know, I, you know this as well as I do that this, the, the way people looked at this pandemic really didn't go by party lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could hear messaging from the major parties politically, but it, it, I was always surprised, you know, when someone would say something that I would always associate with someone that yeah. was not really believing like they believe. And I was like, well, this is really interesting. But what I found out in that process is that people want to know they've been heard. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're basing their, you know, what they think on their fears and on what they've read and also on the news and that they're watching and, and things like that. But, I mean, they just want to be safe. And if we can provide a place for them to be safe yeah. in the mid and for people that are just like, I'm so done with the masks. Yeah. and. You know, I've been listening, you know, now that the airports have said, right. you don't have to wear masks. Then... Yeah. I flew in yesterday, I can tell you. <laughs> it was a different different right. set of circumstances. So um, I, I mentioned the, the April 27 uh, deal that uh, our, our board has called for. So from your perspective, how important is it to really stop and reflect on, on what we've experienced? You know, when I, I got the, a copy of the letter, you sent me a copy of the letter that the board had put out, and Skip Rutherford, former mm-hmm. dean of the Clinton School, sent me a copy of it as well. And I read it, and I was like, you know, I wonder how big or small this can be. And then I came to the conclusion alone that it was like, well, as long as we give people space to remember, yeah. I think that's what the board is asking. Yeah. And so, like, for, for Pulaski Heights, United Methodist, we have a, a noon prayer time. It starts at 12.05 in our chapel. Um, it's a very short time. It's a, it's a time where people can just come and be mm-hmm. uh, led in prayer, and we will make sure to uh, vocalize yeah. you know, our loss, uh, to remember, mm-hmm. to just take that time to, to name it, yeah. which is so important. And then uh, that evening we have um, Bible study time, different classes, and we'll take time then, um, our mid-youth meet um, in, with uh, some other adult classes, not together, because they would all hate that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the 6th and 7th graders and 8th graders, they're there, and I, want, I think they'll take it seriously, too. Yeah, they, um, they've experienced a lot. They have, uh, or they haven't experienced what normal, you know. Yeah. I, I talked to college students and, and seniors yeah. who graduated in, in 2020 and 21 and uh, will graduate this year. And just, you know, there's some grief there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so they need to name that, too. And also remember these, you know, uh, 11,000, yeah. is that the number you said, yeah. that, uh, you know, Arkansans that we've lost. Uh, and and really, you know, think about what uh, what this pandemic has done. Yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted to to focus, of course, this podcast on the on the day for reflection and healing. But uh, as as I was thinking about these questions, I was also reminded that that you yourself have a personal health experience that I felt was absolutely important to share, particularly since. 
Um, I recently wrote a, a guest column imploring people to make their own date, which is right. kind of what I called it, uh, to get screened for colon cancer. Right. And we know that um, COVID-19 has also had a significant impact on, on screening rates for all kinds of cancer and other things. So do you you mind sharing your no, experience? No, um, in, in August of 2017, so I'm coming up on five years, um, I went to my general practitioner and just said, something is off. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had had some symptoms that, you know, uh, of course, you know, me, I'm no doctor. I want to say I'm no doctor, but I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express <laughs> last night. You know, but you played one on stage that's at some right, point, I right? I played one on stage. <laughs> Uh, same thing, you know, but I, you know, I, I would Google search and WebMD, yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, you know, but I, it finally got to a point where I was like, I, I'm going to go ask about this. And they did blood work. Nothing came up. I mean, it was, he and then I said, he said, well, what do you think's going on? I said, I don't know. He goes, well, why don't we go and schedule you a, a colonoscopy? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was maybe 45. Mm-hmm. And Which now, by the way, is the recommended age for screening for average risk. It is people, the right? recommended age, you know, but if, if insurance companies... At the time, though, it wasn't. It wasn't, for right. You. Yeah. you know, and so, uh, but, you know, which is a whole other issue because if I'd gone in for the colonoscopy and they hadn't found colon cancer, would uh, would the insurance company yeah. still pay for it? Or they'd just say, <laughs> oh, you know, thanks for the money, yeah. you know. But um, anyway, they did find colon cancer, and yeah. I went in and had it removed. It was, you know, stage one. I was very lucky. Very. Uh, and so, and, you know, I know Clark Tucker, uh, uh-huh. who, you know, is a Little Rock friend, and, you know, he also had a battle at the same time with with cancer. And, um, you know, so we, I always tell everybody that if, you know, listen to your body. Yeah. Uh, you know, your body will tell you when, when things are wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky, and so now coming up on five years uh, of of cancer free, you know, I'll I'll send a thank you note and a and a yeah. fruit basket to my insurance company now because you're you know, a now to I'm the... over fifty, yeah. yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so now it's it's I'll, and I'll make a plug again. Uh, yeah. It's again it's forty five and up for people who are average risk, and if you're yep. if you're feeling symptoms. Um, I won't mention those symptoms here, but you can look them up. And, yeah, know and your if, family's history. Know your too. family history. And, and I'll, I'll say this, Craig. You know, I had no family history of yeah. colon cancer, and uh, of cancer, yes. I mean, cancer is almost something that every family yeah. has somewhere in it. But uh, with with the colon cancer, it was a complete surprise. Yeah. So yeah, get get get, get make your, your date. Make your, right. date. make your date. Make your date. But uh, you know, also, to, I mean, I don't, don't want to you know, keep pushing the issue. But because of COVID, so many things have been pushed back. Yeah. And people can't get appointments. Yeah. And people can't get surgery times. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, I've been trying to, uh, I've been on the two-year plan. Yeah, uh, so since I haven't, that time. Since, well, it was every year. And then two years ago, right before pandemic, I guess, uh, he said, uh, my doctor said, uh, why don't, let's wait two years. And so I'm coming up on that, but I'm getting a little antsy because I'm thinking, yeah. you know, when, when is, how is this scheduling thing going to work right. out? So it's important to, to, that's why I say make your date because yeah. you got to make your date well in advance and anticipate. Yep. And so um, if you're, if you're nearing 45 or are or, or due for your, uh, your colonoscopy again or non-invasive test on an annual basis, then 
go ahead and it's get the, it. It's the, you know, it's just one get of the greatest sleeps you'll get it, you know, <laughs> you, when you get the actual juice to <laughs> knock you out. I mean, now that's something. It is. It is. <laughs> you won't worry about the colonoscopy that's right. at all. That's right. All right. So this is a, a bit of a detour question. Um, and it goes a, a little bit to our our shared uh, experience on stage. I, I want to know how do you think that the arts, um, the impact that the arts has on our health and well being. Um, I, I for me, well, actually, for a lot of people, um, you know, you think of the theater community. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are not necessarily the people that are you know butts in seats watching the show. These are the people that that really, for for lack of a better word, it is their sanctuary. It's yeah. their safe place. Uh, for for a lot of people in in the theater community and in the arts, uh, you know, I can name several uh, that would never darken the door of a place of worship or a faith community. Uh, and most of the time, that's because they've been pushed away. But they found this sacred place. Yeah. Uh, and I I think that's great. But when we weren't able to 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 perform when we yeah. weren't able to do anything, uh, I mean that it, you you had to find other things to as an outlet, um, and you rem- again uh, the same thing that happened in a church, right. you know, missing community. Yeah, uh, and I think that for people that uh, that enjoy going to the theater, uh, I think they missed just the re- the release and the escape the escape that, yes of of just. Uh, being able to go and get away for a couple of hours yeah. and be taken away to a, a different place, yeah. yeah, you know. And if you like music, go to a musical and it's you know happy and yeah. you know. I, I don't. Did you ever watch Schmigadoon? Yes, I did. <laughs> so I mean, another pandemic. Of yes, <laughs> that's right. That. That's right. <laughs> so it's a great, great show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that. That sanctuary and escapism that yep. you get, and and for people to just just take off their their own face and put on another face right. for, for 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 the people who are on stage and just let loose. It's yeah, it's very satisfying. And now I'm glad you know, <clears throat> Little Rock uh, has such a rich theater community. Yeah. Uh, you know, even I was talking to the director at uh, the the Into the Woods at the Rep. Mm-hmm. And you know, she said, "Really?" She goes, "For a, a, a city this size, yeah. you all have got a lot going on." And uh, I mean, so the, I, they, I've heard that from other people who have mm-hmm. come in from New York to do shows here, you know, or or people who have come in and done shows at Robinson that are friends. They're like, "I'm really shocked because there's a healthy community yeah. theater going on here." Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think that the, both the city and the and the theater community have invested in it, and they're they're getting yeah. out of it what they what they've invested. So, um, here my final question of you, and and this is kind of a question I ask um, all my guests. When you look back on your your career, um, and I can expand that to your to kind of your life, right? Right. Um, what are you most proud of? You know, I gosh, I don't, I mean. Which life? Um, <laughs> you know, and I say that, you know, jokingly, but also kind of seriously, because, you know, I think that the thing I'll be most proud of um, would be my 30 plus years of working with young people. Yeah. Um, I worked as a youth minister from 19, late 80s to 
when I took this job as executive pastor. And I've been at Pulaski Heights. This is uh, about to start my 15th year. Wow. And um, just the uh, the kids that I've met over the years, whether it be you know nationally, globally, or, or locally, um, just watching them um, grow up, um, watching their faith develop, being there for the hard times and the good times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and just knowing that young people are so much more fun to work with than old people. <laughs> Soul codgers, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And now they say the same thing about me. Oh, this new person is so much easier to work with than Jay was. Oh, uh, gosh. Because he's old that. now. But, uh. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today. It's it's always good to have an, a friend on the show. And um, at some point, I look forward to getting back on stage with you. I, I hope so, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you it. for having me. I hope that this day of remembrance goes really well across the state. I think it's very important, and uh, thank you guys for participating. You bet. Thank you for listening to Wonks at Work. You can listen to our bi-weekly podcast on our website, achi.net. A special thanks to the Bobby L. Roberts Library of Arkansas History and Art, which is a part of the Central Arkansas Library System for allowing us to use their studio to record. If you have any topics you would like for us to consider, please email us at achi at achi.net. As a reminder, the views, information, and opinions expressed by our podcast guests are solely those of the guests and do not necessarily represent those of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform The podcast does not constitute medical, legal, or other professional advice or services. We hope you've enjoyed our latest episode, and again, thanks for listening.